Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we have a lot to discuss, a uh, subject of the day that sort of surprised us based on the gameplay from today that we decided to go with. So we're going to jump into it all right away and start with, uh, of course, what have we been playing? Yes, we've been playing actually quite a bit. Yes. So uh, you want to start off? Yeah, sure. I um, I played one that I have been meaning to uh, get to the table. Uh, Aaron, we've mentioned before, a game group owns this game, and we had talked about it. It is one that we've mentioned, too, and a long time ago in our um, games that sort of originated a mechanism uh, episode, and uh, that's Thunderstone. Thunderstone is a deck-building game, and it came out a year after... Uh, dominion did and basically what thunderstone did is take what dominion created which is the deck building structure and then tried to show something you could do with that and compared to dominion it was like a night and day like blew the lid off of what deck building could be Uh, it's a dungeon crawler where you are cooperative really semi-cooperatively you are cooperatively working but you're also like ascension trying to earn like honor separately or points or whatever so you can quote-unquote win the game even though you all succeed in the game by uh, getting more points throughout the process. But basically, you're dungeon crawling through, um, uh, obviously, a dungeon, but you're also going to the village to do stuff, and then there's a big bad that comes up, and uh, you have to defeat him, but he can also escape and run away. I thought that was a kind of a cool mechanism. He can just, like, hmm. exit. <laughs> if he gets <laughs> see ya. If he gets through if he gets through the dungeon himself, uh, then he can be like, I'm out, see you later, get me next time. And um, So anyway, yeah, it was really interesting to play a game that from from you know one of the original heyday or the original deck builders that came out in 2008 i believe that's right i think dominion was 2007 um but uh so we got that to the table and i thought it was really good we played with a couple expansions it's uh it's interesting i compare it i think uh, aeon's end is the direct descendant of this game it felt like a lot like aeon's end pulled influence from this game quite a bit um and i'd say thunderstone is showing its age a little bit but it's still it's still fun to play. It's still an interesting structure, and there's still some mechanisms in it that hold up today that I, I was surprised. I I thought felt fresh, so hmm. that was fun to check out a game of that age and originality. Yeah, I've never uh, never played that, but I know that um, like Dominion. I think we've talked about this before. Dominion is uh, even though it's sort of the great great grandfather, the the Adam yeah of uh, when it comes to like Adam and Eve of games. It's sort of the atom of uh, deck building, but it it to me has always just felt like an exercise in exchanging. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas it like no theme whatsoever, and it seems like Thunderstone yeah. really was like, really you know rich. what, we can we can take this weird exchanging mechanism that we've discovered with uh, with Dominion and actually turn it into like a real game. Yeah. Um, and so that that's really neat. I I haven't played it, but just from what I've I've seen, it seems to do a good job. Yeah, it with definitely that, feels so. like it came out several years later versus just the next year from Dominion because they really borrowed it. And yeah, it did feel a very rich story or rich atmosphere. So really interesting. Nice. Well, I played a game uh, by Stefan Feld, <laughs> who uh, I actually have been kind of rather enjoying lately. And uh, this was another big hit for me. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Carpe Diem. Um, and this is uh, an extremely different game. Like, could not be any different. Um, but another big hit for us. So we played five player. It does play up to five. Um, I'm not 100% sure how this would even really 
play functionally at two, but apparently it does. Some people kind of enjoy it at two. Um, but we played it with the full five, and it has a really interesting kind of, I guess you'd call it a bidding type mechanic, uh, where everyone has these meeples, and uh, you lay out all these cards. And it's actually almost kind of like two games in one, and they actually even have, uh, they call it like the Jarl mode and the Carl mode, <laughs> or I, I don't know. Um, but it's, and play with both. You, you don't, playing with one is just playing with half a game, and that's, it didn't make any sense to do that. So right. we played with both. We played the full game. And uh, it's kind of got two sections. So you put out a bunch of cards in the bottom, and you put out a bunch of cards on the top, and you place your meeples. Each person has four meeples, and it goes around. Everybody places one, everybody places two, everyone places three, everyone places their fourth. And you place them in order, and that determines kind of your option for how much you can pay for that card. Like, for example, say card slot number one has uh, red and then yellow places under that and then blue. Okay. So red has the chance to buy that card for three coins. He can decline, and then yellow has a chance to buy it for two. Okay. And then yellow can buy it or decline, and then red can buy it for one. Okay. So it's kind of like you can make things purposely more expensive for other people. And it's a really interesting dynamic because if you really want the card, you kind of got to be careful about placing it right away. Um, but if you don't place it right away, the person ahead of you may be like, yeah, I'm going to buy it for three. Right, right. Um, Money is also extremely scarce in this game. So it is very money starved. Um, so it's rare to to have enough that you can pay three or four or five, hmm. um, three probably, but uh, more than that, it, it's rare that a card would be worth it. Right. And the cards are just mostly in-game scoring. There are a few cards that give you like a thing right away, um, like a special power or something, but most of it's related to in-game scoring, uh, set collection or you know things like that. And some of them are uh, ships where you put different resource cubes on them and then those cubes are used to power other cards that are people. And if they get filled up, then they get fulfill some sort of in-game scoring thing as well. So uh, there's uh, seems like there's a lot going on. And, hmm. and it's interesting how you get some of these cards combo really well together. Everyone kind of seems to be a lot of times going for different things because they kind of, in the beginning get access to certain cards and like, Oh, I'm going to build on that strategy. Right. Um, now, the upper part of the board, you can place uh, a meeple on the actual card and then move it to a separate section. So, like, say you place a meeple on the third card. You take that and you put it in the first slot at the top of the board. Okay. And then somebody takes the fifth card. They move that to the second slot at the top of the board. And so then it's basically the same as being in line. That first card can first person can buy that card for however many whatever spot they're in you know, so there's three cards after them right um, and and with them it's four they can buy it for four coins and then if they don't want to buy it for that they discard that card nobody else can buy it and then the next person the next card uh that person gets to buy it for however many so um it, it it's two games it's one game but it's uh it's kind of two different ways to play two different plays on the same kind of uh, bidding mechanism, and it's uh, it's really really neat uh, the way that it it 
the choices that it gives, right? I think are are super super cool um, because you can really take something that somebody else wants, but at the same time, it's going to cost you, right? Right. And if you decide to pass on it because it's going to hurt you too much, you're going to lose too much money, right? You're giving it to the, somebody else for way cheaper. Yeah. So every time you decline to do something like hmm. that, you're you're helping somebody else and oh, potentially several somebody else's. <laughs> so it's uh, but at the same time, people are doing that for you too. So it's kind of a real give and take. Is this is getting this card going to hurt me more than it's going to help the next person? Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you're always making that decision, and in this regard, it's very Unfeldian. Uh, most Effenfeld games are, are very uninteractive. Uh, you can do stuff that kind of mess with, with other people, but it's mostly like taking something that somebody else would want. Right, right, You know, right. like in, in um, Carpe Diem, taking a tile that somebody else might have wanted. But you don't know they want that tile, so you're just taking it, and they're like, oh, well, yeah. I'll just take another one. Yeah. Um, this one is very interactive because every choice you make directly influences everyone else's options. Okay. So it is the most socially interactive, especially for a Euro game. It's about mm-hmm. the most socially interactive Euro game I've ever heard of. Right. And as far as Stefan Feld goes, this I, I, I have yet to see anything he's ever done that's remotely close to anything like this. Uh, this is actually a remake of an older game of his um, called Something 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 in German. <laughs> um, but uh, if we'd have prepped, I'd have looked that up. <laughs> I'm not gonna. So, uh, but it, I was really impressed with it. Hmm. Uh, I was really impressed. I kind of thought at first that it would be, it might be a little boring because it's the same thing over and over again. Like yeah. you just do the same thing, you place and then bid and... Uh, but it really is doesn't feel that way. Huh, interesting. Um, it can be you can be a little prone to some analysis paralysis, uh, especially at first when you're reading the cards, trying to figure out what they do and would this one be worth more than this one? If I place here, am I placing here because I want this card, or am I placing here because I want to make it more expensive for somebody else? Right. And then on the off chance that they don't get it, I can get it for cheap. Uh, so there are whole rounds where potentially you could be placing and not get a card. Right. Now, if you don't get a card, you do get rewarded with additional money um, in between turns. So it's not always the worst thing to not get a card mm-hmm. because uh, there may just not be anything you want. And getting that extra money may help you outbid somebody else on a later turn. So um there's just so many cool dynamics going on through there that uh, I, I wish you'd have been able to, to play it. But Yeah, I want to check um, it out. It was also we played with um, a couple pretty serious gamers and uh, a couple people who were, I'd say, casual gamers. Um, my friend Julie, who's you know recently gotten into the hobby, and uh, this was kind of her first real, like, harder Euro, core Euro yeah. game. And, uh, and she was able to, she didn't come in last. She was able to, to keep up with, uh, with everything. And the rules were, were pretty easy to follow and she, she did really well. So, um, it is accessible to non super gamers. I probably wouldn't slap it down with the monopoly crowd, but, right. uh, but if somebody's played a few games, it's, there's nothing in here that's going to be, 
uh, overly difficult to grasp. So. Yeah, cool. It's so funny. It does not sound like a Steffenfeld game. Not but. even a little. Uh, now, the one thing that does make it very Steffenfeldy is it. Uh, it is the definition of point salad. Yeah. Uh, every card you have, you get has some sort of weird scoring at the end of the game <laughs> thing, like like Feld is, is prone to do. Yeah. Um, so every card, you're like, okay, I get three points for each of these things. I have this, okay, and then this card gives me an extra that, which means that this other card triggers again. And so this, okay, and these get me points, and so you're you're taking five minutes to add up points, uh, which, in case you were concerned that maybe you picked up a game that wasn't a Steffenfeld game, now you know it is. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of the one thing that I, I think uh, it has his signature on right, it, is yeah. that, that point salad ending in-game scoring. But um, that was Jorvik with a J, and it is up on um, it is up on Instagram. So you can kind of take a look at it. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I would definitely nice. play it again. Uh, there's some things after the first couple of rounds. There's some things that I definitely would do different next time. <laughs> uh, I think it is a game you have to play a few times to get a feel for how the cards work together. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Nice. Um, the only other game I played at game night last was uh, a couple games of For Sale. Um, and uh, you were able to get one in as well mm-hmm. with us. And I uh, was super excited. Yeah, I so I've been meaning to play this one for a while and got at the table. This is a classic. If you've gamed at all, you've probably heard of this game. It's been so around good. for a while. I can say at this time it's considered a classic of its time. I would say so. Um, this is a uh, just a very quick um, kind of auction it's sort of an auction bidding game as well i guess and and so you're but there's two phases of it then they work slightly differently and then they influence each other slightly differently so it's just a really cool quick mechanism um once again not a huge fan of bidding games i guess uh, every time i say that about a bidding game there's a caveat and i really like this one so i don't know what i am anymore but this one is uh it does the structure quickly enough and in a straightforward way where you don't have the I don't know, there's just not a lot of subterfuge to this one. It's just, mm-hmm. it's more, you have a strategy and you just sort of commit to that strategy based on what the options are each round. And uh, it's just really a fun, fun way to approach it. So yeah. uh, I thought, uh, I'm really glad I, I bought for sale. Another quick caveat, if you are interested in buying this game, get the travel version. It is $10 more at least, or less, I mean. And the only difference is, is that uh, the cards are all the same size as the base version. The only difference is, is the coins you use are cardstock versus cardboard. But for a quick little game, honestly, you're not going to notice the difference. Yeah, no. It's, it's not uh, worth 10 bucks either. No, definitely not. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed For Sale. Um, for anybody who hasn't played it, it's basically it's two rounds. You're bidding on properties at, worth different values, and then you're using those properties in the second round to basically buy, I guess, kind of stocks. Um, that and then it's whoever has the most points at the end. It's very very quick. It plays what six? Yep, up to six. So plays up to six. Um, it's very quick. When I say very quick, I mean ten to fifteen minutes quick. Yeah. Um, it, probably faster than that if once you get used to it. Uh, it is a phenomenal filler game, and uh, I I definitely definitely recommend it. Um, I really really enjoy it. <laughs> and there we go. That's for sale. All right. Do you have anything else before we talk about our big play we just did? Um, no, I think we're going to just jump into we just got done with a game day. Yeah. Um, and we played a five-player game 
of my favorite game in the world, Orléans. Yep. Um, so I have the five-player expansion, and I also we played for the first time with the um, trade and intrigue expansion, and holy cow, yeah. it was amazing. It's pretty great. Um, yeah, I uh, Kaz won. I came in second. Uh, Kirsten came in third, and we were the three of the five that had played the game before. <laughs> and I destroyed so, the other two. Yeah, so if it kind of gives you an indication, uh, this is definitely a game that you uh, get better at the more you play. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, there is obviously random elements to it, but typically uh, this is one of those games where the person who's more familiar with the strategies and how things you know, go up and down and what's, what combos well with what, and, uh, will typically win out. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the expansion that we played with, um, the trade and intrigue, we just basically played with the trade expansion. Uh, the intrigue adds some like take that elements that, uh, we chose not to play with. Um, but it was either trade or intrigue because uh, the big thing with the intrigue one was that it replaced the, um, what's that board called? The good deeds board yeah, with uh, either an intrigue board or a trade board. And we, we chose the trade board and uh, so much better, yeah. so much better. The, uh, the options, I always saw the good deed board as something where you're culling your bag and, oh, I can get a coin or something like that, uh, but it's not really worth it, but mm-hmm. you still do it because you don't want it cluttering up your bag. This new board gives you stuff, like yeah. three coins, or uh, it can give you goods. It can give you you know, a couple of extra moves on the influence track. Uh, there's all kinds of neat stuff that it does, and I, I really enjoyed that. The other, uh, there were two other things that this expansion added. One is the um, the event cards. Instead of it being like the same four events, just like four times um, in, in the 16 rounds, you actually played, there's 34 uh, unique events uh, that you change up and, and take out 18 every game, uh, and that's what you play with. And so they're different. We didn't know what was coming. Uh, we couldn't plan around it. Part of one of the big drags of the original game is you knew, okay, um, I've only seen one plague. It's turn 12, so now I can start planning for that. Or I know that I'm going to get taxed because we've had, you know, three harvests in a row or whatever, so I know what's... You kind of can plan on what's coming up and not get caught with your pants down. But with these, like, you never knew what you were going to get. There was one where just anything that had uh, technology on it didn't work that turn. Right, yeah. Uh, and all kinds of stuff. And so you're just like, whoa. Um, yeah, The best cool laid ones. plans, you know? So it, it, it really kind of gave that extra fun element of, I'm not, I wasn't expecting that. Right, yeah. Which is really, really neat. I'm never going to play. I actually threw the old um, the old ones out. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I threw the original ones away. Um, and then the other thing that trade does is, uh, trade expansion does, is adds these trade cards. So basically they have uh, a number of goods on them and a town. And if you're in that town and you trade in those goods, you get that card and it gives you victory points. Usually, uh, usually it's twice as many as your stuff is worth so say you trade in a cheese and a 
I don't know, a cheese and a wine. That's normally worth five points. Uh, this card might be worth 10. So it's kind of a good way to get a few extra points um, that way. And so I kind of went after those a little bit. Uh, but it just gave that extra fun element. It didn't change any basic strategies. It didn't change the way that you approach the game or the way you look at it. It just made it it just gave you more options and, and to me just made each decision that much cooler, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what did you think of the expansion? I, I thought it was great. It was just amazing. It, like you said, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Just made each decision more cool, more cool, more interesting. More cool. Uh, one of the big things it also did is create the uh, the routes of uh, going through and planning guild halls. That was just so dynamic now. It created like having those cards is just like... All right, I've got to do guild halls in general. I, that's obviously something I need to pay attention to. But now, wait a minute, how close am I to that city? Wait, what's the exchange rate to that? And having that, having that little point bump just for turning in some goods for a purpose, as opposed to just collecting them for points or right. a penalty that might come up, um, made that. I love that. I like being able to spend those goods now. They're kind of currency, so I'm like, mm -hmm. so that made that really fun and uh, more dynamic of a system. Um, and then, yeah, man, those, those, uh, uh, what are they called? The, the event the, cards. The event cards. Yeah, yeah. The event cards. Jeez, those are so fun and unexpected and really uh, f fluctuating, uh, in, in things that they do. The fact that the technology one was so like, Whoa, really? That's what that does. <laughs> what? <I was> like, <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> but then we also had one where, uh, Bill and I were really being tight with our, uh, bag, uh, sizes. So we were being really controlled and that the, <laughs> the second to last one was, or being very efficient, I should say, uh, without our bag. So we didn't have a lot of fluff, have extra people in our bag. And the last yeah. one, second to last one was, well, guess what? Three of your people die. <laughs> yeah. And There's a plague. Like, oh, and like, wait. Oh, I need all these people. <laughs> yeah. And so if you kill three people, like I can't even pull, all, I get seven pulls from the bag, but I only got yeah. five in there. I can't do it. So it's like, oh, that hurts. But but so it, it felt like a good balance, though, because we also weren't using tech, much technology or any technology, really. And so, um, uh, yeah, that was a fun uh, back and forth there. So it definitely felt overall over the course of the game, I think it is balanced, regardless if it hits someone or a couple mm -hmm. players harder than others. Um, so that was impressive, I thought. Over uh, over the whole course, it definitely got all around the table for what they did if they were hitting you a little bit more harder than others. But um, yeah, just an amazing expansion, really well balanced. It yeah. does what you hope one does, where it just brings the game. It, the first, like Orleans by itself is really good. It's a great game, but this game just suddenly made it like, wow! I didn't even think about the options they did with this. Yeah, that's that's such a cool idea, and just made the game even bigger. I didn't need to, but it did. <laughs> yeah, and they addressed my my two biggest complaints were always I don't feel like I get enough stuff for the good deeds board. It just seems like a sure. kind of a drag, just like you're culling your bag, which that doesn't seem fun. You don't really get too much for it. They fix that with the new good deeds board, and uh, and the fact that the the events seem to all kind of be the same. It was just uh, adding the the variety. They they fixed my two biggest issues with my favorite game. Right, right. So yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I forgot how much I loved this game. Uh, really neat with five players too, because mm -hmm. I'd never played with the, the fifth yeah, player expansion. And uh, it, it makes the uh, map side with the goods on it very dynamic yeah. <laughs> because uh, it is just a free-for-all over there. People going everywhere, blocking people with guild halls, taking um, goods. And so it was, uh, it was 
a a fun chaotic free-for-all over there while still kind of maintaining the traditional Orleans experience on the other side. So I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, big thumbs up. If you're, if you have Orleans and you enjoy it, go get the trade and intrigue expansion. It, uh, it definitely is worth it. And if you find yourself with, uh, extra players on game night, uh, the fifth player expansion also definitely worth it. They're pretty cheap expansions. I think they were like 15 bucks each or something yeah um on cool stuff so uh it's not a huge investment it's not one of those where like the game's 50 bucks and the expansion's 45 bucks and you're like (laughs) i just spent 95 dollars on a game (laughs) yeah yeah so it's uh yeah it's it's not like that so um i i was really happy with that i'm still kind of riding that high of (laughs) what a what a great gaming experience i really enjoyed it that was so good. Yeah, it just everything just made more. Even stuff that's like, okay, I'm used to the structure, but oh, I'm kind of want to explore that a little bit more. Even the buildings, especially too, I thought were sort of the buildings are more not more important, but more of a big part of strategy. I really, I always liked going with buildings, mm-hmm. but now I was just like, well, now I really feel like they're gonna help supplement. Yeah, and this expansion also, I forgot to mention, does add a few buildings yeah. too. So, uh, so yeah, it it just give you more of everything you love in Orleans. Yeah. Just all you can ask for in an expansion. Yes. And speaking of expansions, what we are going to talk about today, uh, we've kind of avoided because uh, anyone who listens to us knows we're not huge expansion dudes. Right. Um, Me very much so. uh, I've always maintained that I will not buy an expansion to a mediocre game (laughs) because even if everyone's like, well, the expansion makes the game. Well, then I don't want that game. Right, right. Like it should be a good enough game on its own that an expansion like helps refresh it or just goes in the next logical progression of how to make the game better. It should make uh, a good game great or a great game amazing. It shouldn't make a bad game good. Right. And it seems like a lot of expansions kind of do that. And so just by principle, I I don't buy a lot of expansions except for games that I I tend to enjoy. So we're going to talk about a few... uh, I want to kind of talk about expansions in general. Yeah. And then I think we're going to do like a top three. Yeah. Uh, it's not a top five list because I don't think I own yeah. five expansions. <laughs> we but kind of a top, top three of, uh, of essential, what I consider to be essential expansions. Sure. Um, and I think one of these might surprise you a little. All right. So um, as far as expansions go, typically I have seen two types of expansions. I've seen... One that is uh, basically just extra stuff. You buy the expansion, it gives you extra cards, or it gives you another player, or it gives sure. you um, some new mechanism on the side, similar to like the, the trade thing. And then uh, the other type is uh, that I've seen a lot lately is uh, modules. where it's an expansion where you're like, hey, this expansion has six modules in it. You can mix and match and use one and maybe not another, and maybe this one adds dice, but this other one will add, you know, uh, a roaming merchant, and this other one will add, you know, a whole new deck building aspect, but you don't have to use them all. You can just use one or two or five or whatever you want. Um, One of the big examples of, of that one in particular is Splendor. 
Sure. Yeah. Where the the Splendor expansion, nobody, I don't know of anyone who plays like all four of them. You kind of pick one or two that you like, and you're like, hey, this is kind of a different game. Yeah. Um, what's your your take on? Uh, what, what do you prefer? Do you like the the one that just adds extra stuff, or do you like the one where you it like pick and choose modules? I think I always fall on the module side. I, extra stuff is always nice, but I feel like uh, if I'm spending money on expansion, I want it to do something different add a mechanism to the game that changes strategy or at least changes approach or i don't know the feel of the game slightly and the best ones immerse you more in it or create a story like in the case of orleana it probably brought you a little bit i think in the more in the world of the system um but uh extra stuff is nice and it's not like dislike it, but I think I like the modules better, at least right now. <laughs> See, I'm more and, interested in it. And I fall on the opposite side. Huh. I, uh, I tend to enjoy, I want extra cards. Sure, yeah. I want um, extra resources. I want more options that build on what already exists. Yeah. Um, because when I buy an expansion for something, I'm buying it because I like the way it works. I like the flow of the game. I like the options in the game. I'm, I'm cool with adding a few extra things here and there, you know. Um, but but overall, like, I, I just want an expansion to make the game I love, like, bigger and better. Right, right. You know, but not different. I don't want it sure, to yeah. be different. Because there are some expansions that do add some extra rules and extra things and, and a f- where you're almost playing a different game. Right. And, and right. one of those uh, is actually on my list. So I'm going to, I don't know if I want to mention it now. <laughs> Should I, since we're that's talking about you. it? We, I'm, I'm going to blend we want. my list yeah, that's, into that's this. Fine. Um, one of those uh, Catan Cities and Nights. Oh, okay. And I, I really enjoy, I won't play Catan without Cities and Nights. Yeah. Uh, I, Probably won't play Catan anyway, but I certainly wouldn't play it without Cities and Nights. Um, But it changes the game. It is. Mm -hmm. It makes it a very, very different game. Yeah. Um, Because it adds uh, new concepts. It adds uh, knights that you need to recruit um, and upgrade. It's got new resources. Could those commodities? Um, It's got city improvements. It adds a dice mechanism. Uh, It adds a metropolis. Uh, there's just uh, there's progress cards and city walls and the merchant and like all these things that it adds so much and changes so many rules. It's a different game. Sure, yeah. Catan cities and knights and regular Catan are not the same game. Right, absolutely. Um, and and in hi- in hindsight, I probably never would have bought it to begin with. Um, but I went. This was one of the very first games that you know, yeah, we ever played. So I'm just like, oh, it must be something cooler. Then base Catan, we played a few times. Well, let's see what this adds. Right. And I loved that so much. To me, when I think of Catan, I think of Cities and Nights. Right. Um, but that's not normally the kind of expansion that I like. Yeah. Uh, I liked it then because Catan wasn't a great game. <laughs> oh. This made it to me oh. a, a good game. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's not how I buy expansions anymore. Uh, but that's a good example of one that... that changes a game and i'm not looking to change typically i'm not looking to change uh a game yeah so and i feel like a lot of the module ones uh, especially even splendor like adds like enough stuff that you're just 
Like this isn't the splendor that I know and love. Right. But you may right. love it more. You may be like, oh, this adds the thing I was missing. Right. Um, but t- typically, I, I kind of I I don't like the modules as much. So that's interesting that that you went that way. I actually yeah, hadn't I, had it pegged like that. I typically like like that because I feel like if I'm considering expansion, I'm I'm kind of becoming a little tired of the game that I've been playing, even if I like it. Um, revisiting it, like Catan's a good example. Like I, we played the hell out of Catan. I, I think Catan's a solid game, but you definitely outgrow it. It's, it's a lot of people's first entry game, and so you get to the point where you, you know, you just see you find your preferences in games and you move away from it or you just outgrow it and you get tired of the structure. You played it too much, but same, we had the same thing with cities and nights as well, where we, as soon as we played that, I was suddenly like, Whoa, okay. I didn't even realize how this, what this could be potentially. Yeah. So you could take this base structure and really make it a, a very more dynamic game. And, uh, even seafarers was a similar thing where, um, where you know it's suddenly the board there's islands and you're like oh that's really cool and then there's you know the resources are a little hard to get to and so anyway mm-hmm. different approaches so i've always i think i when i'm thinking about expansions i i typically want it to do kind of recapture some of the joy of that game that i'm just i don't know i there's other options that i'll probably take the table and i need a reason to revisit it hmm. um so uh but yeah that's typically how i go i i, I think with the stuff thing i like i like getting new stuff but if i'm already kind of tired of the game most of the time just getting more resources for whatever reason just doesn't get me back into it as much i don't know why but and i think that's that probably just goes back to the the reasons why i i guess we buy expansions for different reasons sure i buy expansion because i i love what it is so much that i just want to do more yeah <laughs> as opposed to buying an expansion on a game i'm getting i'm on the downhill swing of to try and revive it i don't necessarily want to i'm not don't normally look to revive a game so much as to just do more of what it does so the flip side of that which there's the same which was actually on my list which is um i think what you're saying but also the classic game is the Ticket to Ride 1910 expansion. Mm-hmm. I think that's a necessary necessary expansion that gives you full size cards and more routes. It's totally more of the same. It does nothing different. It right. is just more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. But it's also more of the same in a really targeted and well designed way. And they fixed the big issue with the card sizes of the original with that big deck of tiny cards and infuriating yeah. to shuffle oh god it. it's so infuriating and so when you finally have a full-size deck of cards you're like oh okay this i actually like this game a little bit better now because it's not as annoying mm. and then the 1910 routes um were actually good they were good routes and they added some cool options to it too so that was more of the same and i definitely think that's a necessary one if you have ticket to ride or you like it at all you should totally get that one yeah i i agree actually with that expansion definitely um which kind of brings me to the next uh, sort of expansion question of um, that there is another category of expansions and that is um, extra it, it's extra stuff but in a different way like um, like ticket to ride with extra maps sure uh, extra maps for Concordia right um, a lot of those don't necessarily add anything to the game so much as they it does change a little bit of strategy based on you know uh, how compact or spread wide open or that kind of thing that the maps can be. Um, so they kind of change the way you you look at it and play it, but don't inherently change the game. It just sort of gives you um, 
it's a kind of a different way to look at it. Not necessarily more stuff, right? Yeah. Because it, playing with a different map isn't more stuff, uh, but it it very much can change the feel of the game. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a Ticket to Ride. Was it Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries that only yeah. plays up to three yeah, people think, yeah. because it's so cramped and crowded yeah, it's that brutal. it's like virtually impossible to do a whole lot yeah. in it, which. Uh, Play, it feels like a very, very different game. Uh, now, Ticket to Ride, every every different Ticket to Ride game tends to have, like, one thing that it adds. Like, there's one that right. adds, like, tunnels, and then there's, like, some different... I think there's one that does, like, Passengers or something. Yeah, I can't remember um, which one that is, but... But but they they all have that kind of one little thing that they specialize in. Um, but overall, you buy them for the map. Right. You know, yeah. you don't buy... Uh, ticket tried another ticket tried game because you <laughs> really have to have tunnels. Right. Uh, you buy it because you like that map and you like the way that it feels and the the yeah kind of the dynamics that it it alters and that. So cool to play in a different part of the world and yeah, it's but yeah. yeah pretty much. So that's kind of a kind of a different uh, different expansion category, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's one I don't really. I don't know. I, I love Concordia, but I will probably never buy, unless it's, I find, find an amazingly cheap sale, another map. I I just don't. Do you have any alternate maps? No, or? I just have the base game. I don't even have Salsa. And um, But uh, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like, I don't know. And it's also a game I don't play, get played a ton. So maybe if I played it more, it'd be cool to try it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say no for sure to playing it, to feeling the different maps. But I guess I just also, I don't know that much about what the differences are of the maps. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's probably the least interesting one of mine. <laughs> it's well, just slightly modifying existing play. That has led me to a fourth category of mm-hmm. expansions. All right. Um, that are uh, what I'd like to call the scenario type expansions. Mm, yeah. So you got a game like I'm going to use um, Zombicide as an example. Zombicide does the different seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, season one, season two. I have, uh, I think I have season two. Uh, it's my favorite. Um, but the expansions add on to the base game. They do give you some more stuff, and they'll give you a couple extra rules and things like that. But the reason you really buy them is for the scenarios, mm-hmm. because those games are primarily scenario-based. You you pick out, I want a short game, a medium game, a long game, whatever it is, and it tells you how to set up the tiles, where you're starting pieces go what your objective is um and uh you could also uh, imagine any future expansions for arkham horror third edition would be right basically just scenarios uh scenario and campaigns yeah, yeah um, i'd imagine so there and there are there are plenty of those out there um of games that do that that rely very heavily on that uh the scenario and campaign type of Structure, stuff yeah um so and and those when those come out, yeah, they add a little bit extra stuff, but you don't buy them for the stuff. Right, right. You buy yeah. them for the story and yeah, yeah, you buy them for the extra, you know, stories that you can now play. That yeah, you're not playing the same tired <laughs> six that came in the box. Yeah, um, yeah. So. That's uh, that's another one on um, that I I'm, 
I don't know if I'd, well, we'll talk about it. So I was like, I don't know if I'd put this on my list because I've, but uh, Anne's End, one I've mentioned before, but that's the same thing where it's like, though that you're just buying, those expansions are basically you're buying, you're buying new heroes and that can be interesting. But you're really, I think the main reason you buy those is the bad guys. You're really buying the new monsters and creatures and different ways that they work. Anne's End, I love that game because each monster feels like it approaches it differently some are just brutes some are swarm attacks some are there's one uh, uh, that's great that just sort of picks away your market basically he just Mm -hmm. absorbs the market that's and so that's a cool part of the game that you would never expect it to be affecting it suddenly you have less to buy from and less to attack with him um so that's the one where each of the baddies uh suddenly has a different way that they play and you're like oh can i beat this one or how can i beat this one right. and so that really but it also is part of a larger story where you're it's tied into like uh you know what is this creature and why is it here and it, there's a reason for you typically mm-hmm. why it does what it does there's a backstory so yeah i definitely think that one is one that does it well arkham horror lcg of course is another one of course right. that's an lcg though so that's kind of what it is <laughs> yeah i'd kind of toss like uh sentinels the multiverse and marvel legendary sure yeah into that where you're yeah you're buying extra stuff and extra cards but it's not i mean you're buying new characters right and new bad guys yeah. so you're you're kind of evolving the gameplay into you're playing the same game you're just getting a few more options yeah uh so that what I would consider all of those to be kind of scenario based because sure. you are playing extra scenarios. You know, yeah. you're you're playing in ways that you couldn't before, uh, specifically storylines. So yeah, you're trying to take the same structure and see what, if you can overlap it with different options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, just off the top of your head? What's what's an expansion that you have previously bought that you were. Uh, disappointed in that you thought would take a game to the next level or you thought would fix something or you thought would um i don't know give you extra options or more stuff or anything that you're just like man this really (laughs) let me down i prefer the base game (laughs) you know um i think some of the pandemic expansions are up and down i have uh, in the lab and on the brink. I've actually never played on the brink. And I think it's because uh, I kind of bought that one later. And I think people are sort of pandemic out at the time. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's not that I get brought up and people are like, no, we're definitely not playing that. But um, I just feel like if you've played a lot of pandemic and a lot of people have on the brink, yeah, it adds some cool things to it. But it is. I don't know, especially with the legacy pandemic coming out, it's not as cool any. It doesn't shine as brightly as, as mm. people used to think of it. And so I kind of regret buying it, to be honest, where I, I I have the two legacy games that I haven't really gone through yet. And so those are there. And then I have the the one that I do like is in the lab. It's a very simple edition, but I think it does a cool thing. Um, and so I guess I, I, that one's maybe not fair to say because I've never played it. But I also feel like why did I buy it? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I think I caught up in the hype of knowing that it added cool things, but then I just wasn't playing that game a ton. And I like Base Pandemic. I still, I like my wife and I'll play that as a two-player game actually real quickly. It's a great two-player game and it's a great intro game, but it you can't really intro on the brink, I think, to new people. Because most of the time I intro that it's new gamers a lot of times. And so I'm showing right. them what a cool co-op game can be. But then it's just like, and one of us is a traitor and there's also a mutagen. And the people are like, whoa, okay, that's too much. And so, I don't know. Up. All right. Fair enough. It's a solid expansion, but I, I definitely, meh. 
My big disappointment, uh, I've mentioned before, and that's uh, Widow's Walk for ah, Betrayal yes, at House yes. on the Hill. <laughs> um, I really like, and that's one of the ones where I like the extra stuff. Right. I like the extra rooms. They're cool. Yeah. I like the extra, um, like, weapons and the extra uh, omens and things like that. I think they're cool. They're all great. From, from that perspective, like, top notch. Yeah. Um, it also added 50 haunts, and every single one of them, I swear, is broken. <laughs> um, I am at the point where if I play Betrayal uh, and it points to a haunt, an expansion haunt, I, I uh, just refer to the original manual and I come up with the closest original haunt that I can. Mm-hmm. Some of those are broken too, but not quite as bad. Um, and I just... I, I was so excited and the first few times I just kept hitting we kept hitting these uh, these haunts that were just awful <laughs> and you build up and you have so much fun and up to a certain point and you're like this is so great and then all of a sudden you're like this is terrible <laughs> and you're just it's such a letdown because uh, it, inherently it's not a bad game right right yeah I, I like the first half of it is amazing mm-hmm. it's super fun if they could just find a way to tie it off maybe not, maybe not even use the haunt maybe just if there's another alternative yeah uh, that that you could zip it up with I, I'd really like it but I was really disappointed in how bad the haunts were in widow's walk that's that's one that's gonna always go down sort of in my my hall of shame if you will um, yeah, real right, bummed, so, real bummed out about that one for yeah. sure. That's well, such a, it is such a cool game. I, I still love the game for even though it's broken, but I totally get, yeah, I've had the same experiences where it just falls flat and you're like, huh, well, sorry everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun while it lasted, right? Let's do something else. Um, so what's a game, uh, what's the game that you think does it well? What's a game that you like, uh, or feel like the expansions, even uh, big or small did a really good job or maybe not an essential, but a really good one. Um, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna, well, okay. You know what? Scythe. Mm. All of the Scythe expansions, I, I don't have them all, but, um, from what I have read and seen and talked to a ton of people who are really bigger Scythe players than I am, um, have all really enjoyed all of the Scythe expansions. Mm. They, uh, there hasn't been one that's fallen flat with anybody. Um, the latest one, Rise of Fenris, is uh, has been hailed by a lot of people as like the best board game expansion ever to anything. Hmm, interesting. Um, and it's uh, it's gotten f- fantastic reviews. Um, so I feel like I, I feel like that's a game that not only benefits from expansions because it's a good game to begin with, but I. Even when I'm playing it, I feel like, man, this has the potential to do so many more fun things. Right. And it seems like it's paying off Yeah, that potential. And that's cool. I like that. It's a great game as is. I could play it from here to eternity without any expansions. But I'm interested in getting some because I feel like they do what they're supposed to do. Sure. Make a, a, a really good game great. Right. Um, and so I feel like I feel like from what I I know of the Scythe expansions, that's one that really uh, has done it right yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Uh, one added like the the um, airships. Uh, one added the, uh, the there's extra players 
that uh, extra factions than and things like that and extra player powers and stuff like yeah. that. So um, I feel like I feel like that's that's one that that's definitely done it well. Nice. Mine, uh, mine would be uh, just a little minor one, but I think it just makes the game. That's uh, just the power of expansion for King of Tokyo. I uh, it's such a, it's a minor I little thing. I knew this would be on your and, list. And uh, yep, it's it, it's such a good. I love King of Tokyo, and it just makes it. Like, one complaint I had about King of Tokyo is that it doesn't impress upon you the ability, like the power cards. The power cards really are the big part of the story of the game. The humor of the game are there, but you don't really need to focus on them that much or at all in the base game you can just play a straight up Yahtzee version of the game or Yahtzee game um, but the power ups really make you pay attention to them a bit more and also give you rewards for going after them a lot more and so they incorporate they incorporate the existing structure of the game but also give you a fun little individual thing that you do mm. and I thought that just makes the monsters feel more individual for sure like they have their own little stack of cards and so it, it really makes them feel distinct as opposed to just a different piece of art um, and so, uh, I, def- I think that's a definite, it's a cheap and easy one to get. And I think it's well, well worth the, the expansion money to pick that one up. And I would highly recommend that one. So I think that one's a, not a necessity one for sure, but I think it's close to a necessity one for me. At least I won't play without it. I guess is what I'm saying. All right. Well, I have a necessity one and I think it could be one of the most necessary ones. Um, and, and this, this one. <laughs> to preface goes against my my uh, original argument of modules versus extra stuff. Okay. And this is uh the Tuscany expansion for viticulture. Oh, okay. It it is it is essential. Okay. Uh I don't think uh I would not want to play viticulture without. Sure. Um it adds so many cool things and it it is module modular. Um I play with all of them, uh, and I enjoy all of them. Uh, I think it makes Viticulture, uh, it makes it from a great game into an amazing game. Uh, it, and it did it did everything right, and, and I know this is two Stonemeyer ones in a row, <laughs> but uh, they're doing it right. Yeah, I mean, the Stonemeyer games definitely knows seems to know what they're they're doing when it comes to expansions for sure and i don't know if they if he purposely uh they've designed games specifically um with expansions in mind and been like okay we're gonna leave a few holes here that nobody's really gonna notice but when we fill them Mm -hmm. they're gonna notice yeah uh, or if it just comes from a hey, uh, I've made a great game. Now what what could make it a little bit better? And I think those are two very distinct design choices. Uh, I'd like to think they're just making great games and can look at it with fresh eyes and say, you know, what would be neat is if you could do this. Right, right. Uh, but whatever they're doing, they're doing it right because uh, yeah. the Tuscany expansion for Viticulture is uh, is essential, one hundred percent essential. Um, nice. So what else can we talk about expansion wise? <laughs> um, well, what do you think of, uh, a trend that I've noticed lately, uh, specifically the one I'm thinking of is, uh, taverns at Tiefenthal. Uh, but there's several that do this, um, where they have in the box expansions. So mm-hmm. it's like they, they say, here's a base game and once you play that once or twice, add in this or this or this. So they're kind of 
it's like modules. Um, I think there's five of them in taverns. Yeah. And honestly, without them, it's not a great game. Right, right. Um, playing with them doesn't feel like you're playing with extra modules. It feels like you're just playing a game. Flesh talk game, yeah. Um, so I... I, and I don't know how I feel about that because the first time I ever played taverns, we played with, with all five modules mm-hmm. and it was not difficult to learn. It wasn't tough to get your, your mind around. I don't feel like it overcomplicated anything. I just feel like it should have been a part of the game. But at the same time, I know there are other in the box expansion games where they, uh, they don't do that, where they, they, um, they really do. You, you do have to kind of introduce them separately because there's a base game that plays a certain way. And once you get a feel for how things work, you add in this extra thing and it's just enough to, to kind of uh, complicate it up that if you were to add it right off the bat, you wouldn't get the same, you wouldn't get to see the dynamics yeah. behind the scenes of how other stuff. You know, what makes me think of that right away is uh, stockpile. The double board. Oh, yeah, And that's yes. a really simple thing, but you flip it over and suddenly it's like, oh, okay, here's the here's yeah. the big boy version. And that's a different game. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different game. Uh, yeah, but you, but it's, you definitely... I like it better, way better. Yeah, I do too, but you probably wouldn't intro it that way no, for sure. No, I've never so, introed it with yeah. the... Uh, and that's, I, that's a great one. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've never introed the the advanced board, the advanced side of the board. I have introed with the traders. Sure. Traders, not traitors. <laughs> um which is also one of those, like, you know, ad for the advanced game. Um, but I just, th- I, I think that if you don't see how the market fluctuates and how things go up and down on the the simple board, right? I, I just, I don't think that if you've never seen that, I don't think you can process how the advanced board's going to play. And right. I think it's unfair yeah, how it's to gonna intro feel. somebody onto this, uh, this, really massively fluctuating advanced board when they have no concept of what goes on in a, a typical game anyway. Yeah. How the, Once how the you see are, how yeah. everything fluctuates, you can flip it over and say, okay, I see how this would bust all the time. I see how this one would be a really long trek, but might be worth it ultimately because of these dividends or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great one. What do you what do you think of you know? In the box it's funny. Well, it's, it's more and more popular, right? I mean, with Kickstarter, you bet Kickstarter game, a lot of that stuff is included in it. Um, so I, it's nice, but I I do agree with you. Or it's it's almost like uh, sometimes it's it's not really an expansion. It's just this is the game as it should be played. You mm-hmm. know. So although I will say I do like that. I, I Stockpile is probably the, a good example of it because of the fact that like. I remember playing Stockpile with you for the first time and then we were done. You're like, oh, check this out. And I flip it to the board and you're like, oh, I mind instantly blown. get how that's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mind blown. And so, and I really <laughs> want to play it that way. So, um, and that for the base game, I mean, that's pretty much, do the traders come, are there traders with the base game? Yes. That option, is that an option? Yes. Okay, so that there is an option too. There are more of them with the expansion. Expansion, yeah. Okay, that's what it does. I was trying to remember what came with what, but um so it is nice. It's nice to have those options in. I guess I, I guess it doesn't bother me, but if it isn't, if it is something where it's like, why would I not play with these? Then right. it feels like, like what are you even calling this expansion, quote unquote? This is just yeah. how the game works in your ideal version. You less of a game doesn't mean you're not playing with expansion; just mean you're playing an inferior game. So yeah, 
don't the, know. Yeah, it should. To me, it should just be um, the only time you should have options like that are when um, you just you have to see how something flows. Sure. Before altering it. Yeah. Um, taverns. I, I. I think if I played taverns, the base game, I would not have liked it. Sure. Um, yeah. I. I think that the there just isn't enough to do. Yeah. And I think that can be a turnoff. If if somebody opens a game and is like, oh, I'm just gonna play the base game uh, because these extra things sound very complicated, and they play it and they're like, well, this game sucks, they're not gonna play your expansions, right, right, because your game sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't I don't agree with that unless there there's something essential that you have to see before you can like an interaction that you have to see, uh, yeah. specifically stockpile. You need to see how the board the original board plays before you can have a, a firm idea on the advanced side i get it yeah uh, but that's not the same with a lot of these and i For sure. i, I well, don't know those... if it's, i think it's sort of a disturbing trend to be honest i don't know what's it. the one um uh the passenger plane one where the actual optional structure made Over... the game like way more functionally easier it's like why would you not play with overbooked this? Yeah. the first time i played overbooked uh was with without the advanced cards Quote unquote, but yeah. the advanced cards make the game easier yeah they to figure way out clarify a strategy option and make it and less punishing yeah so like after playing that i'm like why in the world did i not why, <laughs> yeah, why, why is not this play with yeah this? why is this even an option yeah i kind of feel ripped off that first game because i feel like i was playing a crappier version yeah yeah like a harder version way harder yeah uh so yeah, uh overbooked that was a weird one yeah that that was i don't uh, I, I don't think games should do i think they should just be like you know what here's our game yeah and if you're just not gamery enough to play it <laughs> then i don't know play something else and come back to this right uh, i i guess well also i think it's um i, I think as gamers too you have to give yourself permission to house rule things if the, if you just if you like a game and there's something that just annoys the hell out of you just get rid of it or change it change Absolutely. it who cares yeah so and i think that you can uh that modular structure i don't know if it's an answer to that but it might be fitting um i don't know a desire of certain uh players to be like well you know i want something to put a spin on this or modify this in a slight way but you can do that by yourself you don't <laughs> it's hard to come up with whole modules i guess but you can definitely adjust games as your play yeah. preferences desire. I agree. Um, so I have one left, uh, one essential expansion left, okay. and that uh, that I, I'm going to have to call Trade and Intrigue an essential expansion for Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm never going to play it without this. Yeah, it's so good. Again. It's so good. Uh, it, ta- it takes a great game and makes it amazing. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Um and I guess you could kind of consider it to be modular because the intrigue part doesn't, you don't have to use that, take that piece of it. Um, so I guess in, inherently all my favorite expansions are exactly the ones that I, I didn't say that I liked in the first place. So <laughs> whatever, I'm sure I'm like huge hypocrite when it comes to this, but um, I really, really liked the, the trade and intrigue expansion with, uh, with Orleans and I'm yeah. not going to play I'm not gonna play it again without it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think it's the best expansion I've, I've ever played. I haven't played a ton, but I've played a fair amount, and this one just does so many things right. It's so fun. It adds to the game in every all the best ways, 
and um, it doesn't complicate stuff up yeah, either. It doesn't, it doesn't become overcomplicated. There's a lot of expansions. I feel like uh, just add complexity for complexity's sake. Right. Um, just to say, hey, we made this gamery or game more gamery. Right. And you're just like, like well, cool. but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it does anything, or it's unbalanced, or it just it's more it, convoluted. Yeah. Like, it's like, what am I supposed yeah, to be doing like, here? Why now? Yeah. now am I rolling dice? Yeah. You know, so it's because uh, there was a sale. Yeah, I, I <laughs> on guess. dice, and I we guess. bought a lot. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I uh, that's that's my my final uh, essential. I. I absolutely think it's essential. Nice. All right, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on expansions in general. If you're like us, where you're kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on them, or you just don't see the necessity, you'd rather buy a new game than pick up an expansion for an existing game, unless it's maybe your favorite or there's, I don't know, whatever reasons it is. Um, this varies obviously broadly in the gaming community. So yes. we'd really love to get your thoughts on expansions or expansions that you have that really were great or just fell completely flat for you and whatever, for whatever reason. And to do that, you can of course hit us up in a few different ways. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram and twitter at roasted games one uh you can also go to our uh website roasted games roasted uh, sorry roasted.games i was giving you our email <laughs> uh let's do that now roasted games is our website roastedgamesco at gmail.com is our email and then you can go to our podcast hosting page eavesdrop.com and scroll down to the roasted games page and fill out the comment form there uh we'd love to hear from you all and get your thoughts on this very contentious potentially contentious topic i guess yes <laughs> yes i um I'm going to end this with all of the the talk about expansions here um, have been based on my personal experience with expansions. Uh, I don't own a lot of them and I don't own a lot of them on purpose. Right. So Likewise. there are plenty of gamers out there who don't have large gaming collections who might have 10 games, but they have every expansion for Clank all their games. I'm not something. that guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you are, good on you uh i would love to hear yeah uh, i'd love to why. know why yeah, yeah. What, what does what, it for you yeah, yeah what's uh because because obviously we're we'd be two very different um have two different thought processes on that but yeah I, i'd love to hear some input from uh from the other side nice all right everybody well thank you again for listening and we will catch you guys on the next episode bye